Are you sure? Oh, it They do. Well, you know, I admittedly am a little slow. I have Q problems. See? There you go. He's on it. He's on Thank it. Thank you. You are Lord of all. You accept us in your love, even though we fall. Failure is not fatal. You forgive us when we call. Jesus, we will worship you, for you are Lord of all. love that salsa rhythm. I'm all for it. So if you were not here for youth group the other night, you missed something. You missed an epic drum battle that I really tried to get them to recreate today, but each of them said, I don't want to embarrass the other one. That's what they said. Because uh, who, won that? who won the battle, by the way? See, two hands go up. One of them won. I'm not going to say which. He was what? That doesn't matter. Oh, wow. Do you hear the trash talk? Do you hear this? My goodness. But either way, for a few moments last Sunday night, those two were in here making... I've, I've never heard James play that loud. He always plays quietly, right, right, nice and in. But he, that night, dude, he was shaking the rafters in here. He was playing so hard. <laughs> it was great. And it was a lot of fun, right? It was a blast to watch and watch the laughter and watch them playing. And Laura, I think, was sitting next to Ethan trying to teach him where to push the keys, right? Oh, yeah, I told you. Since you weren't willing to do it again today, I was going to embarrass you. That's my job, all right? But they did an amazing job. But if we were going to stop and really look at what the drums or the keyboard, depending on how you're using it, James, uh, Ethan says he won, by the way, because he had a cowbell. That's, that was, can't do cowbell. If we were really to look at the drums, though, to really look at them and ask what purpose they play in a song, what would that purpose be? Rhythm, heartbeat, that's a great one. Heartbeat, tempo, structure, Right? You've got multiple musicians up here, all very, very talented, but, but something is required to kind of keep them all pulling together, right? With the same tempo and the same structure and the same rhythm and the same beat. It's required. And kind of without that beat, it, it gets lost. And it's easy for it to stop being a song and just become noise real fast, right? Even when you're playing without a drummer, if you're playing just the piano, I watch you all, you've got a foot going, right? Trying to keep time. You don't need a metronome anymore, do you? No, because you've got one. It's in your head. You've learned that rhythm, that pace, because it matters. And there's something special about beautiful music. When all the notes are right and all the rhythm is right, there's something about music that can move us like nothing else can. Would you not say that? Music um, creates some of our greatest moments in life. Most of us, I was talking yesterday at the, the wedding, right? 
that Thomas and Caitlin remember the song that they first fell in love at at prom six years ago. It was Journeys Faithfully. And they danced to that at their wedding. That was the first song they danced together with. Do you remember the song you fell in love to? No? Hats off to Larry? Is that the name of this? That's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, for Heather and I, Pink Floyd holds a special place in our heart. It does. It does. I know not everybody can say that, but for us, it does. Because music is tied to so many incredible moments in our lives, whether they're church moments or they're moments in our love life or they're just songs that we dance to with our friends, right? It's attached to those moments. It integrates who we are and, and digs in. But it requires both the notes and the rhythm. Great music requires both. Without one, the other one is just lost. A rhythm is just a meaning, music without rhythm is just a meaningless connection of notes, right? So today we're going to talk about rhythm, a lot about rhythm, and about the rhythm of joy and why there has to be a rhythm in order for there to be joy. Because beautiful music only comes when you've got the right rhythm and the right notes. Let's watch this video. Let me show you what I mean. My mama told me something when I was growing up that has forever changed my life. She played the piano at our little church at 3rd and Pine Street for 37 years. She tried to teach me to play the piano, <laughs> but I wasn't very good. She would teach me the names of the notes, what a major key is, what a minor key is. She tried to teach me musical theory, but I was just bored. Then one day, she told me that the best news in the world is found by playing a simple scale on the piano. I had no idea what she meant, so she told me to play an eight-note scale. So I did. I said, how is that good news? And she said, I played it incorrectly and that I needed to play it the other way. So I did. Again, I said, how is that good news? And she said, I played it the right way, but I needed to add the pauses. The pauses, she said, the pauses. Add them on the first, second, fourth, sixth, seventh, and last note. Now, I was frustrated and said, how can eight notes with random pauses be the best news in the world? Then I got up, walked away, and went outside. Frankly, I didn't care what she was talking about. I didn't like playing the piano anyway. <laughs> well, years later, my mama got sick and passed away. As I was thinking about her, I remembered what she told me about the piano. Not only that, I still remember the notes she told me to pause. The first, second, fourth, sixth, seventh, and last note. So I sat down at her piano and played the scale with the pauses.
realized the good news she was talking about. Amen and amen, right? All right, I'm a little slow. It took me almost to the end of the video the first time I watched that to get it. The piano teachers got it fast. I watched their heads all going, mm-hmm, they all, right? You all knew. You all knew because you've played the song, right? You've taught the song to countless numbers of students. But he's right. The song doesn't make sense unless the rhythm is right, unless the pauses are put in where they should be. And then all of a sudden, it changes its meaning from a simple scale to a song that conveys joy to the world. The Lord has come, right? Let earth receive her king. It's that season that we're celebrating now, right? We're celebrating Advent. We're celebrating peace and hope and love and joy. This is the message, this, this song, Joy to the World, the Lord has come, is what we should be singing with our lives, especially in this season, to the world around us. The problem is, sometimes that's hard, especially during this season. If I had a nickel for every person I heard in this last few days say to me, I'm so busy, I'm so busy, I have so much to do, I can't stop, there's so many things, I need to do this and I need to do that and throw pens on the floor, see? I need to do this and that and all these things and I can't, I'm, I've lost my sense of peace and sometimes it's really hard. You feel like you're losing your sense of joy in the midst of things that we hope and, and expect to bring us joy. It could be a trial, it could be an unexpected loss which some of our family are dealing with right now. It could be all the sporting events that you have to go to or all the parties you're expected to show up at or trying to balance the needs of two sides of each family that all want your time at Christmas, right? It could be stress over money or gifts or anything of that nature. My daughter was on the phone with my wife the other day and she's coming home by the, day, by the way today. I'm excited. So um, she was on the phone with my wife and my daughter was going, Christmas time. I'm supposed to be loving life, but I've got five term papers due and I've got all these tests and all these things and it's driving me nuts. And my mom, my wife is like, you know, sometimes don't you just want to say it's the most wonderful time of the year, right? And just keep reminding yourself it's the most wonderful time of the year. It's most, because it's, you, you know, it's supposed to be, but sometimes it just doesn't feel like it. And what I want to convey to us today is that if we want it to be the most wonderful time of the year, if we want our lives to be able to sing joy to the world, the Lord has come, then we have to have the right rhythm. And that rhythm gets lost in this time. Because you see, the problem is the rhythm of the world and the rhythm of God are not the same thing. They are competing rhythms, right? They confuse our ears they confound our hearts. The drum battle was awesome, but there were moments during the drum battle where I was like, what in the world are they playing? Because it's just stuff. And life can feel like just stuff. And you're trying to figure out which rhythm, which song you're trying to sing, or which dance you're trying to be a part of. Is it God's dance or is it the world's? Who am I trying to keep up with? And what I want to encourage you today is to have that joyful rhythm you have to listen to the right one. 
Who are they? Do you know who they are? Fred and Ginger. If you're old enough, you'll know. If you're young, you're going, I don't know, two people. But they are two people with joy in their hearts and a smile on their face. And that was one of the most wonderful things about watching Fred and Ginger. YouTube it. They're fabulous. They always looked like they were enjoying what they were doing. Was it hard work? Absolutely. I get winded just watching. But they were always in sync. They were always moving to the same rhythm, right? Always together, even when Fred would twirl off Ginger and let her do her thing, right? Her little solo. They were still moving in the same rhythm. Whether they were physically touching or not, they were still moving together. And something beautiful was created. Much could be said the same about our rhythm with God. In order for us to create something beautiful as he intends, as he desires, to express that kind of joy, we have to, be, we have to know him so well that even when we're not physically touching, our connection remains that we can hear his heartbeat, that we are following his rhythm and not the rhythm of the world around us because it's pure chaos, right? We have to be connected to that. And so, if we're going to find that joyful rhythm, my first point would be this. We have to stay connected to God. John chapter 15, verses 1 through 5 says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. Every branch in me that does not produce fruit, he removes, and he prunes every branch that produces fruit so that it will produce more fruit. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. If you've accepted the Lord, you are already clean because you've already heard his word. Do you hear what I'm telling you? Know that. Remain in me and I in you. And just as a branch is unable to produce fruit by itself unless it remains in the vine, neither can you unless you remain in me. I am the vine, and you are the branches. The one who remains in me and I in him produces much fruit. In order for us to experience the joy, love, the peace, and the hope of the Lord, we have to stay connected to him. In order for us to be the hope, the peace, the love, and the joy in the world to others around us, we have to stay connected to him because he is the vine. He is the source right? It is his rhythm. It is his heartbeat. It is his energy and his spirit that drive us. I did something with the kids this morning in kids class where we were reading out of Isaiah 11 and we had them, we had a, a, a stump of Jesse laying on the ground raise up as a shoot and do incredible things. And the Holy Spirit hovered over him. And I had the Holy Spirit come by and put a cape on him. Because now, because he is connected to the Lord and he is the stump of Jesse, which, by the way, is Jesus, right? Is Jesus coming, that he is capable of incredible things because the Spirit of God is upon him. You, too, are capable of being joyful in times that seem joyless if you are connected with God. You, too, are capable of being peaceful in the midst of the chaotic rhythm of the world if you are connected to God, because he is divine, and we are his branches. Jesus did that often. He said, he, um, in Matthew chapter 4, we see Satan trying to tempt Jesus in the desert. 
trying to get him to, he's been starving. He's been, 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 been starving and without food and water for 40 days. And the devil comes to him and says, hey, um, I can give you food, all the food you ever want. I can nourish your soul. That's the rhythm of the world sometimes, trying to nourish your soul. But Jesus answered, it is written, man must not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Joy is something that comes when we are following His rhythm. But we have to know it to follow it. We have to know the rhythm to follow it. And that is the words that come from the mouth of God. And yes, this is another thing that says if you want to stay connected to the God, you've got to read His word. You have to be able to hear His heartbeat because it's in here. You can hear the rhythm of life that He has planned for you and the spirit that He has given you. It's there. But you've got to be with Him in sync in His rhythm. And that means knowing the rhythm. You can't know it if you've never played it. You can't know it if you've never practiced it. It's like any other song, right? You have to know it. My question would be, do we know it well enough to dance to the song he is playing even when the competing rhythm of the world is in our ear? Do we know it well enough? Do we know it well enough to remember things like God is eternal? In Psalm 93, it says, The Lord reigns. He is robed in majesty. The Lord is robed and enveloped in strength. The world is firm. His world is firmly established. It cannot be shaken. Your throne has been established from the beginning. You are from eternity. And this is where the competing rhythm shows up. It says in verse 3, The floods have lifted up the Lord. Have lifted up, Lord. The floods have lifted their voice. The floods lift up their pounding waters. But greater than the roar of any huge torrent are you, Lord. The mighty breakers of the sea, they're nothing. The Lord on high is majestic. Your testimonies are complete and reliable. Your holiness adorns your house for all the days to come. It is knowing his word well enough to be able to refer to this and say, God, you, no matter how much the waves are crashing, no matter how crazy this other rhythm of the world seems, your rhythm is present. It always has been and always will be. And if I'm willing to listen, it will beat louder in my ears than any other rhythm of the world. It is to know his word well enough to remember that he is the one who stands up for me. It says in, in Psalm 94, it says, Who stands up for me against the wicked? Who takes a stand for me against evildoers? If the Lord has not, been, has not been my helper, I would soon rest in the silence of death. I could not make it without him. If I say my foot is slipping, your faithful love will support me, Lord. And when I am filled with cares, your comforting brings me joy. When the rhythm of the world is tearing me asunder, it's the comforting of your love, the comforting of your word that brings me joy. These are the words we have to be able to remember because if we can't, then we're missing out on his rhythm. We're missing out. Psalm 98 says, let the world shout to the Lord, be jubilant, shout for joy and sing, sing to the Lord with the lyre and with the lyre and the melodious song, with trumpets that blast of the ram's horn, shout triumphantly 
in the presence of the Lord our King. Joy to the world, our Lord has come. Let earth receive her King. And we are to be his people shouting to the world. But if you can't, if you're not staying connected to him, you don't know when to shout and when not to. Your beats will be off. Your rhythm will feel crazy. And you'll find yourself, instead of comforted by his joy, you'll find yourself stressed by the flooding of the world. Stay connected. The next one is this, stop long enough to hear the whole rhythm. What did he say in the video? His mom told him to insert the pauses. Put in the pauses. As much as it seems like you can't find time to do that right now because you've got 15 people pulling for you from all directions, insert the pauses. In Mark 1, verse 35, this is one of many occasions where Jesus did this. It said, very early in the morning, and this was after he'd healed tons of people the night before. It says, very early in the morning while it was still dark, he got up and he went out and he made his way to a deserted place where he was praying. What does a deserted place look like? No phones is a great deserted place. Great practical application. No, just you and who? Just you and God. Look for the pause. Because if you're carrying a phone, especially one of these wonderful ones that gets me from place to place, because I would get lost without Google, and sometimes do get lost without Google, we've covered that. You have to be able to put it down and put it away. Sometimes it also means a deserted place also means getting away from everybody else in your family. Especially this time of year. Family's everywhere. Which is awesome. But if you want to be in a place to be the joyful noise in their life, you've got to get away long enough to get your heartbeat lined up with God. what I would encourage you to do is, especially in this season, is find your deserted place. Wherever that is. For Jesus, it was in the morning. While it was still dark, he would get up early. Some of us aren't morning people. That's cool. Find it in the evening before you go to bed. I don't know that there are anything better you could do than to fill your heart with the things of God right before you go to sleep. If you fall asleep praying, that's okay. Right? If it's in the middle of the day, if you need a break, if you are teaching school and the kids are driving you nuts, find five minutes. Five. That's all it takes. But to insert the pauses, or you will not hear his rhythm. But I also want us to remember something else about creating beautiful music. It's not just the rhythm, it's also the notes. The notes that your life sings the song that your life sings. Remember, we said, he brings joy to the world. And our lives should sing that song too. For that, we will turn to John the Baptist, a man who sung the praises of Jesus, right? And sung the joy of the gift that is coming. In Mark chapter one, verses one through eight, 
we're going to read this. In the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, as it is written in Isaiah the prophet, see, I am sending my messenger ahead of you. He will prepare your way. A voice of one crying out in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord and make his paths straight. He's preaching with every ounce of who he is, the gospel. What does gospel mean? Good news. If you have somebody that every time they walk through the door, you know they're going to have a smiling face and they're going to be happy to see you and they're going to bring you good news. Are you ready for them to show up? If you have somebody who's going to walk through the door and complain and tell you how bad the world is, dodge them. I'm not, no, don't dodge them. They need your love, okay? But there, but there is a desire to hide, and I don't want to talk to that person. They're just going to bring me down, right? We are, if, we are, if our song is singing the, the song that God is playing, then we are bringing good news to everybody we touch. And there is no better news than the gospel of Jesus Christ. There is no better news than that. It also says, though, that he was like a voice of one crying out in the desert. Do you ever feel like you're the one crying out in the desert? It's okay, John did too. Jesus did too. But he knew his message of joy was so important that he was not going to stop. You will feel like you're out in the wilderness, but that's why you come here every Sunday morning. Because this is not the wilderness, or at least it shouldn't be. This should be a place that nourishes your soul. This should be one of your pauses. One of. I didn't say the pause, right? One of your pauses. In verse 4, we pick it up. It says, John came baptizing in the wilderness and proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. The whole Judean countryside and all of the people of Jerusalem were going out to him, and they were baptized by him in the Jordan River, confessing their sins. His message was one of both repentance that was needed and forgiveness offered. As I spoke this week with, with Mike and, and Stephen about... Ava, the word that kept coming up was forgiveness. She was a woman who had the capacity to forgive and forget and give people a second chance with every moment of who she was. In fact, Stephen would tell you, it makes it easier for me to preach this since you're not here. Um, Stephen would tell you that's the greatest thing his mother told, taught him was how to forgive was how to forgive. Our lives should be able to sing forgiveness because we have been forgiven. Yes? We have been forgiven. I said earlier, if you know the Lord, right? By the power of his word, Jesus says, if you, if you know me, you are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. We have been forgiven for much. And our lives should sing a song of forgiveness to not hold grudges, to not judge. When somebody forgets something at the drive-thru and doesn't make it right for you, don't yell at them and throw it at them. Forgive them. That doesn't mean you can't go back inside and say, can you fix this for me? Right? 
but not fix it now or die. I want to see your manager, right? Believe me, I've had a lot of people do that. And it was often on Sunday mornings after church. I'm just telling you. I'm just telling you. If we go down to verse 6, it says, John wore camel hair, a camel hair garment with a leather belt around his waist and ate locusts and wild honey. If you came across a guy with camel hair and a belt eating locusts and wild honey, what would you think of him? Dude, what is wrong with you? Right? You've lost your mind. I'm dialing 911 right now, right? Because you need help. I'm not telling you to walk around in camel hair. So let's be clear about that right now. Although if you do, I need pictures because I need a good laugh. So, but I am saying, if we are going to bring joy to the world, we have to be willing to stand out. You have to be willing to be different. You have to be willing to beat by a different drum than the world around you. Remember, you're not following the world's rhythm. You're following whose? That's right, God's rhythm. And God's rhythm will have a downbeat when the world is playing an upbeat. It will. And sometimes we find ourselves saying, oh, that's the wrong beat, and I need to convey. I, I try to, we try to bend to the rhythm of the world so we don't stick out. What I'm encouraging you to do is to do what John did. Be willing to do what you know the Lord wants you to do. Follow his rhythm regardless of the rhythm around you. If you're going to be a joy to the world, you cannot hide with the rest of the world. You have to be willing to follow his beat because those are the people that move the world for God. The ones that follow the Lord's beat, no matter how off it feels to everything else around them. And then in verse 7, it says, He proclaimed, one who is more powerful than I is coming after me. I, do not, I am not worthy to stoop down and untie the strap of his sandals. I baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. John always, in everything that he did and in all things, pointed to who? Always pointed to Jesus. Because the source of joy is who? Jesus is the source of joy. In this time, in the season where we have to, you know, you can't say Merry Christmas, you have to say Happy Holidays or Seasons Greetings. I encourage you, even at work, and if it gets you fired, I'm sorry, to say Merry Christmas. Now, I'm not a big fan of, of, of going to battle over, I'm going to say Merry Christmas no matter what, okay? But I am a fan of saying that if somebody asks you where the source of your joy is, that you shouldn't say, well, my day went well today, or this went good, or that went good, or I got an extra bonus for Christmas. The source of your joy is who? And you should not be shy about saying who that is because the world needs to hear it. It needs to hear the upbeat when it thinks it's on a downbeat. That is the song that we sing. So, I would ask you this. Do you hear God's rhythm in your life 
Are you inserting the pauses? Are you staying connected to him so even when you're not physically touching him in the moment, in the chaos of the day, you can still dance alongside him and create something beautiful? Are you singing his tune? Because his tune is beautiful. As our worship team comes forward, I got it. No? Him? Who's doing him? All right, him, come on. That's even easier. I want to encourage you this month and next, because next month we're going to start something called 30 Days of Heart Work, where we will push you to consider living by a different rhythm for 30 days and seeing what it does. I would encourage you to practice the rhythm of God. Insert the pauses, stay connected to his word, and be a joy to the world. Thank you. We are so thankful for the joy you have brought to the world. You were born to save us all. It is our hope and our prayer that as we go through this week, we will remember to stop and pause, to remember that you are the source of our strength, that you bring the peace, love, joy, and happiness to our lives, and that our job is to bring it to the rest of the world because you are incredible because you are our source. Help us to stay connected to that. Help us to sing your song and dance to your rhythms. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Amen. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you. May he be gracious to you. May he give you, grant you favor and give you. Thank you.